Welcome to the Defiant Spirit, a podcast about discovering meaning, purpose, and resilience in the most challenging, difficult, and darkest moments of our lives through what my teacher and mentor, Dr. Viktor Frankl, called the defiant power of the human spirit, that spirit that is within you, that spirit that is calling to you, that spirit that is you. I'm Dr. Baruch Halevi, and this is the Defiant Spirit, and now, on to our podcast. Welcome back to the Victor Frankel Meaning Academy. We are your host, Dr. Baruch Levy, a.k.a. B, and Dr. Daniel A. France, a.k.a. Dr. Daniel A. France. <laughs> we can just go with Dan or D, but we're not going to use the A this time. And we didn't talk about the A last time because we cut that out, right? We did cut that so, out. So tell right. us a little bit about what is that A that you have in the well, the, the A is for... Adam and uh, I really didn't start using it until uh, you know it, it, that was for most of us in, in the U.S. Uh, our middle name is usually something only used uh, when we're in trouble, right? Mom's mad and she goes full name, and you're like, "Oh man, I did it now." Hey man, at least you you have a middle name. I'm so broke, I don't even have a middle name. What's up uh, with that? Is that a cultural <laughs> thing, or that your parents just didn't love you enough? Well, that's probably this latter, but. Uh, this will be a topic for another podcast, but I changed my name. What? How can you <laughs> drop that and then say, we'll do talk about that later? I, I just, I don't like talking about it because the FBI might catch on. So. Oh yeah, we don't want that. Yeah, yeah that's a, But so we will come back to the name and the name change. So until then, I'm going to like skirt right out of this conversation and get into where we are on the calendar, as we're at least as we're recording this, and by the time this podcast drops, we'll be somewhere in the middle of the Jewish holiday of Hanukkah, and on our way to the, of course, Christian, and I would argue American holiday, and rightly so, of Christmas. We'll talk about that, but what I do want to like frame it as is you know this is not a uh, this is not a Hallmark sponsored podcast. That's not how uh, Doctor D and I roll. We want to get into the meat of it's not just you know gift great gift giving ideas, but what are these holidays doing here, and why would I say it's the American holiday? Because I think at the heart of Christ of Christmas, I know at the heart of Hanukkah is really December twenty first. December 21st, for anybody who knows just a little bit about how the universe rolls, it's the winter solstice, at least in the Western Hemisphere. It's the darkest day of the year. So what are these holidays, Hanukkah and Christmas, doing, hanging around the winter solstice? That's where we're going to go, I think, in this podcast. However, you never know with the two of us, we could end up talking about male grooming habits. Well, that will absolutely take place, I'm sure. And uh, as well as, you know, a new update about your search for meaning. We can't forget to hit that after, um, as, as we said in, in pre-production. Uh, we're listening to the nuos, to the noetic, to the spirit. And uh, uh, we made some big changes with your search for meaning. So more of that at the end. Or in the middle. We'll drop it as a uh, commercial, you know. So. I like that. I've got my commercial voice going today. It's feeling good and throaty. So we'll uh, Sunday, 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 your search for meaning. So Dr. D, tell me about your Christmas um, rituals or practice. I know you got one. What What is it and where does it come from? Well, I mean, for for 
we Christians, I mean, Christmas is a holiday, but I, I, I would argue with you, it is a very American holiday because even those who are not Christian certainly celebrate it. Um, but so our rituals, you know, we, uh, wait, we, wait, I didn't hear, I didn't hear the argument. We're agreeing. I said it is an. I think it's a very American holiday, and you said you argue with me that it's not. But no, no, I'm sorry. I, I would certainly agree with you. Oh, okay. did I argue? No, I meant to agree. All right. Those a words this morning uh, for you listeners out there. We are recording this several hours earlier than we once did, so uh, that may have something to do with it. I don't know. Um, where are we going? Rituals. What is Christmas? You know, Christmas is the the, the celebration of the birth of Jesus Christ, right? Or that's what it's what it's told as. But we also know. Excuse me. Um, there, there's much uh, a much richer history to it. So for most Christians, you know, we we head off to church and we do uh, uh, presents in Christmas morning and talk about Saint Nicholas or Santa Claus coming down the chimney and delivering presents and all those interesting things. Okay, and that's the myth. That's the made-for-television Hallmark movie version. Mm-hmm. Um, just like Hanukkah has our made-for-Hallmark version of the, I'm, I'm, I'm going very short story here, but the bottom line was the Jewish people returned to their temple after having reclaimed it. It was defiled by the Syrian Greeks. And ultimately, when we took it back, we needed to light the Hanukkah menorah, that candelabra and the and the, that was housed in the temple, and you had to have a special oil, so you had to create it. There was no oil left except one canister, and instead of lasting one uh, day, which that amount of oil should have lasted, it lasted for great eight, eight crazy nights, right? Did you ever see the Adam Sandler? Uh, I love the Adam Sandler. I, we sang Adam Sandler's uh, Hanukkah song prolifically throughout college because as as the audience knows and you know, I was the member, not just a member, but also the president of a Jewish fraternity throughout much of my time at uh, good old Ball State University. So Adam Sandler was so- quite prolific in, in our rituals. And I love uh, the I love me a good uh, Hanukkah song. However, it's all childhood fairy tales, and we need childhood fairy tales. I don't, you know, like anybody listening to this, right? Cover your ears if you don't want your bubble burst. But Santa Claus was not a Christian thing; it was adapted over time. And the story of the miracle of the oil is something that we made up. Um, now we need myths. We need important myths to really orient ourselves around. But I think when we do that, and here's where I get into the American piece, I think we miss out on the true message. Not these holidays, keep celebrating them. I love them, but the holy days, right? Because they have such a profound message. If you think about what each is saying in response to, I come back to the winter solstice. And B, the significance of the winter solstice, I know I spoke of this uh, on an individual podcast several weeks ago. As we uh, in, the, in the States leave Thanksgiving and start moving, you know, those weeks into Christmas and then afterwards, um, as, as a psychologist and a clinician, I know these are some, uh, some of the most difficult, depressing times of the year. Our body naturally wants to hibernate. We're experiencing less light, less warmth. Um, and I would I would assume ancient man uh, certainly felt that, and you know is is that part of uh, of of why we came up with these myths to find a reason not to hibernate to celebrate and find some joy in what is typically a difficult time of year. 
You sound like a uh, Midwestern boy, right? Mm -hmm. Who's experiencing sad seasonal affective seasonal affective disorder? Yes, correct. That's why you're going to move to beautiful, sunny, almost year-round Denver, Colorado, where we still. I, have I can't. Right? I can't. You know, I leave uh, my office every night, regardless of the time. Now, in the dark, uh, you know, it's it's funny. I get to measure the time of the years by, you know, if I leave at seven p.m. every night. <laughs> Uh, in, a, in a few months, it'll be light out. But right now, it is not fun coming home in the dark. It's like God said to Moses, brother, come up the mountain, mile high, right? It's waiting for you, Dr. <laughs> um, so, yes, let's come back to it because it's a rhythm, right? I think mm -hmm. this is one of my challenges with modern day spirituality. We're trying to resurrect something out of taking it out of its origins. You know, human beings lived in an agrarian society for thousands of years and we went by the the rhythms of nature it, it wasn't so artificial like every time i go camping i'm reminded of this i all we my whole family and my I got teenagers we always go to bed earlier when we're camping why because we're in tune with the sun has been down for a couple hours now and like the human psyche and the human spirit knows what to do if we get out of the way and so you go to sleep earlier and you get up earlier and you have a healthier rhythm. We don't have that today, right? Like we're so far, most of us, some, some out there maybe, but most of us are so far removed from it. And so I think we need these rituals now more than ever to help us kind of get back and listen to the calendar, right? Listen to where we're at. We're in the darkest period of our year. We're in the dark, cold, sort of um, the dark night of the soul during the calendar year. And so what do we do? We illuminate it. And that gets us into Viktor Frankl's work, right? We illuminate it. We put, you put um, lights up on your trees and your or house. I put them in my window in the menorah. But we're, it's so interesting to me. We're doing the same damn thing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I think that goes back to, um, you know, human beings across time are not so different, but we've uh, grown into uh, different cultures and different places, different practices, different religions. Um, but certainly we need a lot of the same thing that goes back to Dr. Frankel's idea that we are all uh, in pursuit of our unique and individual relationship with ultimate meaning. And, and as I've said before, religion is often a way somehow we found to express it. Um, but as you're saying, it's not always something we all agree with and that we can all uh, find that light in the same way. And, and yet, you know, the one thing we do agree with, whether or not it's not a belief, I, I'm not, not that interested in beliefs. I'm interested in knowing, like you just know something, right? I don't need to believe it. That's like an act of, that's an efforting, but knowing is just like this primal. I get that. So my kid and I were watching last week, um, Bear Grylls, what's, what's that called? The Man versus Wild. Mm -hmm. We love that show. And every single time he does the same thing. He's out, he's dropped off in the middle of nowhere. The sun is setting and he always erects a structure of some sort to sleep in and builds a fire. Primal knowing, I mean, animals do this. Caveman does this, modern person does this. And, and so we know like we need to make a fire. It's to stay warm, but he was talking about it. And that's what I'm, I'm bringing it up. It wasn't just about warmth. I, I think he was even like in a warm weather climate in that episode. It was because psychologically he needed that light, mm -hmm. right? He felt less alone or lonely or lost somehow in the middle of nowhere just by having that, that light around him. And I, I feel like that's what we're called to do 
around this winter solstice. And so you have different ways, Christian, mm -hmm. Jewish, whatever. These are just different human responses to the darkness. Well, B, what are some ways, you know, if we, if we take out the beliefs of religion and spirituality, what are some ways as logotherapists that we can encourage people to light this time of year, right? To, <clears throat> as you mentioned, to, of course, celebrate your holidays and your rituals, but what else can be done? To me, that's a, this is a starting point is just to um, just become more intentional about mm. this period of time and take some of the emphasis off of the presence under the tree. If you're Christian and put them back up on the tree, on the, the light. Right. Because I think just that can help reorient you to the message of this holidays. I talk as do you. I talk to so many clients who are so stressed out with all the holiday parties, the vacations, the presents. And by the way, you know, just thank your lucky stars. You're not Jewish because you got one night. I got four kids. I got eight nights. <laughs> Math is brutal. And I can feel myself and Arielle can feel herself getting like, oh, we don't have any presents for them. But you know what? It's not about presents, but there's an expectation and all this stuff. And I just that's when I go back to the Hanukkah menorah for me. Mm -hmm. And I just look at those candles while they're burning. And I just sort of do a little meditation, a little reflection, remembering, trying to remember. Yeah. And, and I believe um, uh, you may have pulled this trick last year. I'm going to pull it this year. But uh, rather than presence, you know, have presence, right? Be present rather than the, the, the material. Be present with those you care about. Be present with your family, you know, uh, spend time with them. Um, and, you know, I'm feeling it a lot this year. You know, both my girls are are gone off to college. It's just uh, my wife and I in the house. And it, I'm definitely looking forward to just their presence uh, and, and being here for what it will be, you know, for the first time, a very limited time. You know, as they get older, it's going to be very different. Traditions are changing. Um, and so I, I recognize that. And I'm certainly taking the time to honor that and certainly looking forward to to them being present around here, as well as with other people. I know uh, today I'll be meeting with my merry band of therapists and, and we're just going to have a little gathering and, you know, eat and talk about what it means to be a therapist and, and what we do uh, supervision to kind of you know, make sure we're doing a good job. That'll be enjoyable too. What other ways to be present rather than to focus on presence? Well, and to count the presence and not, not the, you know, number of presence under the tree, but all those presence in your life, as you're talking about, um, there's a debate in the Talmud about when you put a Hanukkah menorah in, um, you know, in your window, which by the way, it has to go in the window. It doesn't go in on your, in the center of your house. Why? Because our mission and mantra is to be an or legoim is to be a light unto nations. And so we have to share that light and it has to be visible, but there's a debate in the Talmud that says, do you count up or count down? Do you start with eight candles and work your way down? Or do you start with one candle and work your way up? And anybody who lights the Hanukkah menorah knows that um, it's the counting up version. And one of the reasons given is because we're supposed to count our blessings, count our presence. Count. It's a gratitude practice, right? Like finding gratitude practice in this process is transformational. That's beautiful. Yeah. Finding gratitude, being grateful for those that you're around, being grateful for, for this time to, to slow down. As you said, getting in tune with the seasons, it is our body's natural need to slow down and take it a little bit easier at this time of year. And that's okay to do. Um, too often people are, are doing more because they feel like they have to 
go out and go shopping and, and have all the food and all the stuff and things and uh, burns them out. So, so just as a practical tool, right? If you're Jewish sitting in front of your Hanukkah menorah every night for just a, a little bit longer and just kind of lingering on a candle, like making that a literally a visual med meditation of gratitude today, one thing getting clear, you know, really not just, you know, I'm, I'm grateful for my family. Like just sit there and really watch it burn down. You know, it's, it's all finite. So just watch, watch it and appreciate it. But as a Christian, you know, I, I think if I was a Christian, I think I would open presents on Christmas morning. I know it's a hot debate. What do you guys do? It's a, I, I don't, I've never heard of this debate B. What are you talking about? It is always christmas morning and anybody else that does it differently is just i i, I don't know breaking tradition that's just crazy they're the they're uh, the fake christians yes the, I know. right i don't know now all right admittedly um back in in my older days when i was a wee little danny as you like to say once in a while um you know when grandma and grandpa would come over christmas eve that was the the tradition they would come over because my my dad's side was all scattered throughout the country we would open a few presents christmas eve to be with grandma and grandpa but yes the big uh, the big shindig was always christmas morning and that's still the uh the tradition we hold today you're telling me there's a debate though so welcome to my strange jewish mind i sit around and wonder if i was a christian <laughs> This this comes from this comes being from the only Jewish kid in class in my Nebraska uh, elementary school and just longing right longing. By the way, we could do a whole episode on I'm not alone because Barbara Streisand and Neil Diamond and Mar Barry Manilow there he is again right and and Irving Berlin White Christmas all Jews writing Christmas carols Christmas songs mm -hmm. because there's a piece of the Jewish experience in America that really does long to be sort of on that inside, an insider. And there's something very romantic as a, as a Jew watching Christmas that I am a guest in this experience, but I, it's never really mine. So I, I do. I think my kids love to watch Christmas uh, movies and, you know, all that good stuff. But I've thought about some of these things. And one of the things I've thought about is if I was Christian, I would open them Saturday morning. Not Saturday. Not Saturday. <laughs> Shabbat. I'd open them on Shabbat. Um, <laughs> I'd open them on Christmas morning and not Christmas evening for one reason, because I like that lingering feeling like kids go to bed. You're just sitting there. The presents are like there's still an anticipation. It's like the um, in psychology, the marshmallow test. Right. You know, the marshmallow uh, test. Yeah. Oh, go ahead. Talk about the marshmallow test. Love the marshmallow test. You know, it's the defining you can tell by. You can tell a kid's trajectory in life by giving them the marshmallow test and saying, you know, I can give you what, how does it go? I can give you one now, or I can give yes, you two you can later. Have, you can have one now if you want to eat it now, or, you or can if you wait, later. you can have two later. And so the kids who tend to go further in life are the ones who tend to be able to hold off, to mm -hmm. anticipate, and to sort of have that willpower. And I don't think of it from a willpower perspective, but I just think about the anticipation. Mm -hmm. Right. And I guess that's a Frankel thing too. that anticipation of tomorrow and having a, a why, right. Mm -hmm. A hope is, is so important. And I just think that could be a gratitude practice of sitting there Christmas Eve with your spouse or by yourself and just sort of thinking about what's next. 
Well, and to your point about meditating over the menorah, that's a beautiful evening to just, you know, turn on the Christmas tree and enjoy the lights and, and to meditate upon what, you know, what does this holiday mean to me? What is this time of year? What does this gathering of people mean to me? And actually to take your time and meditate and to look at all those interesting ornaments on your tree and, you know, remember, oh, hey, you know, aunt so-and-so gave us this one, or we got this one when we were together at this point, or where those come from and, and why you take the time to put them on your tree. Um, so, but yes, the marshmallow test also a sign of delayed gratification, and we know that those that can delay gratification, not charge everything on the on the uh, on the credit card and wait to purchase things until they're ready, um, it's, are far happier, more meaningful, and more successful in life. So, I, I really feel like, can you do me a favor, B? I want you to go sit on the chair back there and maybe put your feet up and we're going to start talking about this childhood in in nebraska being the only jewish kid like and i'm not going to bill you for this one i will ask for a copay though but we we need to dive deep into this childhood experience no you don't just listen to adam sandler's song this is for all the jewish boys and girls just like you and, you and me. me so um and i've I'll never get through these issues. That's my plight as a Jew, but I can use them. I can transform the darkness into light and share with others. So coming back to um, coming back to this theme, I, obviously we don't plan this out. We just sort of go with the flow. One of the things I've been thinking about with Viktor Frankl's book is his. When we say book, of course he had many books, but the one everybody thinks about, Man's Search for Meaning. Clearly, he, he wasn't a Buddhist. He didn't practice mindfulness meditation practice that he learned at his local Zen center. But I've been really rereading it and thinking about his book from a mindfulness meditation perspective. Mm -hmm. And one of the things I've noticed, he, he does this without talking about it, which is what masters usually do. It is a mindfulness practice because I never thought about it from this lens. But as I'm reading it, he's so present. And I think that that's something I imagine a Holocaust scenario would demand of you. You're hungry. You're focused. You're, you know, you're focused on survival here and now, but you're all in, right? You're present. And even the way you, when I'm reading it now through that lens, I'm realizing he's so present. And then I go about my day here and I'm so distracted Right. And I think that the, I think that's one of the things that Hanukkah, Christmas and this period from sort of like Thanksgiving to New Year's, we're much more present. Mm -hmm. And that's that's to me is part of the, the tools or the practice during this time. Well, and let's talk a little bit. Why? Why is that a tool? Why is being present in your day a good thing? Why are all these distracting distractions not good for us? You go. You tell us. Well. I mean, you, you start to miss out. You're, you're living life thinking about, you know, what's next or where am I going to be or what am I going to do later? And, and you miss what's going on in life today and those that you're around and what you're doing. We are, we are wired for connection. And yet we live in some of the most disconnected times. So again, the point of slowing down, yeah. being present, truly connecting with those you're with and not being distracted, not being distracted with... Where do we need to go shopping here? What presents do I need to buy for whom? What's uh, you know, what's what's going on on my smartphone? But to be present with people and to be present in your life uh, is, is a very healthy practice. Um, he did point out, I, I want to go with this idea really quick. Yes, as he's writing, we know 
he wrote Man's Search for Meaning within like the first two weeks of being liberated, right? Needed to get out of his head. So obviously very present, just freed from this horrible situation for the past three years. Um, but he does talk about, and, and this is one of the things that helped him in those concentration camps and helps us all in our daily life is, is to have something to look forward to. And I think that's an important part of the holidays as well. Looking forward to those people we're going to be with, those days we're going to spend together. But that's an important thing for life is to be sure that we put things in the future, goals, ideas, uh, trips to Colorado um, to enjoy, to, uh, to anticipate and to look forward to. And that's that, you know, and again, these are primal human urges. We know this. If we just get out of our own way, that's why New Year's is a goal setting resolution kind of a time, even though it's been turned into some stupid cliche of, you know, lose weight and whatever. Um, not that you need to. You look great. By the way, but Thank you. And I'm very proud of you that you're wearing a black shirt. Like I knew just, we were going to be meeting today that the black shirt was going to be called for because B, I need to bring light to my wardrobe. So uh, you like nobody should have to live in the darkness of a cardigan. <laughs> I got it. it found its way in again that's awesome where it's like waldo where's waldo i've been running man it's like there it is <laughs> excellent um yeah but you know like a, a primal knowing of consciously designing my future yes. right not not being lost in it but just putting intention behind it and i love that's what I love about the holidays. Every time I'm driving down the street and I see these trees and I see, I can feel this energy of just presence and intention. Yeah, it is. It is truly, if we, I love that idea. If we got out of our own way, if we allowed it to be the most wonderful time of the year, right? Beautiful scenery, um, happy people, joyous rituals and traditions, a great opportunity to rest, reset, recalibrate, and, and re-engage in life, you know, the, the first of the year, right? An opportunity to re-engage in a new way. Not this, again, garbage, cliche, new year, new me, stop it. It's still going to be you, but, you know, you can be, you can do something different. You can transform, you can set new goals for the new year. Can, can I get your blessing to get on a pulpit here and, and preach for a second? Preach on, brother. I'm going to sit back with my cup of coffee. Look, Jews. Secular Americans, atheists, leftists. Not that they're all the same thing, by the way, but those are different camps. <laughs> yeah, where are we going? I are, might have to interject. I'm getting a little worried. Those are different camps that might, not always, but might recoil at the thought of being wished Merry Christmas. Mm. It's a debate out in this marketplace. And I effing hate this debate because... 95% of Americans celebrate Christmas. I would argue about the other, there's a 3% in there that just aren't admitting it. And then the other 2% are Jewish. And we celebrate Christmas too. We just go to Chinese restaurants and movies. But nonetheless, the majority, vast majority celebrates Christmas. And it is all about, when you say Merry Christmas to me, all I hear is transform the darkness into the light and illuminate right to this broken world through responding back, Merry Christmas. It is a beautiful gesture. I wouldn't expect the clerk at Whole Foods to know that I'm um, not celebrating Christmas, right? It's just an educated guest. Probably he is. And so instead of me getting all worked up, what do I say? It's not that hard. Merry Christmas. 
right? And so I know that this is an ongoing debate because it cuts into people's feelings of being outsiders or feelings of, you know, whatever, but let it go. Like, just let that go and just be in the Christmas spirit of transforming darkness into light. Thank you. Bravo. Well done. Uh, unfortunately, those that uh, are going to argue against you are not going to be transformed by that because we do live in such a polarized time where everybody has to have their own unique happy holiday or Merry Christmas or whatever. I, I, I appreciate that. I mean, you make you make good sense there that it is it is a celebration of the time of bringing darkness into light. But dang it, I wish we could quit being so offended all the time. But that obviously is what we work on at the Victor Frankl Media Academy. We're not going to change. Hopefully we'll transfix and change some minds with this simple podcast. But uh, I'm not sure. And, and one last little piece of it is happy holidays is about as meaningful to me as Miss America, if that's still a thing, saying she wants world peace. I, it's like we have to stop talking in abstractions. I want to see you, my brother, Adam, and say, you know, I see you, and I see you celebrate Christmas. Merry Christmas. Now, you're a lovely um, person who sees the people around him and sees me, and if you know I'm um, Jewish, as you know I'm Jewish, you – the first one to send me yesterday, a happy Hanukkah, Brother B. And so you see me, and I love that. But if you don't know me, then you would just say Merry Christmas, and I hope, and not Happy Holidays. And so that's all I got to say on that. But I guess coming back to what we're talking about today is dropping our guard, dropping the defenses, getting out of feeling bitter and divided and angry and like just getting into this holiday spirit of right transforming darkness in the light love it and, and i think uh, again we've illustrated several ways of, of doing that be present don't focus so much on buying presents um and if you are i, I do want to point out from a previous podcast I, I i preach on this every year if you're going to buy presents share experiences with those people you care about rather than the material. It is so much more meaningful and, and lasting. Um, and for more on that, you can listen to the previous podcast I have about meaningful gift giving. Um, transform the darkness into light. Enjoy your traditions. Celebrate each other. Wish people a Merry Christmas and a Happy Hanukkah and a Happy Holidays. But I agree, that is far less meaningful. Um, what else can we do, B? I don't know, man. I think that that... Uh brings the running man to the end of his run and probably brings us to a nice kind of place to wrap up unless you I have do, any I, other specifics well i do i want to thank uh be we have a whole uh contingent of super fans in west lafayette indiana uh, I, I have heard from uh, local students there we are a growing presence on the campus of purdue university so for all of you uh, uh boiler makers down there um Hey, keep on listening. Uh, they have threatened to uh, try to come on the show, B, and I'm not sure that's going to happen. But uh, I do appreciate the listening and the uh, the conversations around our podcast. Um, we promised the cliffhanger. We have completely revamped and re-edited your search for meaning to make it, I don't know, to make it so many more things, more universal, more palatable, more uh, engaging for everybody b you want to talk about what the what we decided this week what we heard what we listened to you have spoken and we have listened we see you we see that we live in a world of twitter and tiktok for better for worse and that our sort of expectations our focus our 
the demands on our life are just different. And I get that. I'm, I'm in it with you. Um, so I'm not, I'm not in it with you, by the way, with TikTok, but everything else I said. So Do you have a TikTok account, B? No, I refuse to. Me too. Same <laughs> thing. There's a podcast. Why two grumpy, bald white guys refuse to get on TikTok. And, and for the record, I'm off white. Um, so yes, it's, it's, it's. <laughs> <laughs> and, and look, I'm like, I'm practically glowing down here in the basement. I don't know what to do with the light, but you are, you are, I mean, tan for December, brother. I don't, that's uh, really unfair. Hence the menorah, buddy. Hence the menorah. Oh, white. Um, so what are, what are we talking about here? We're talking about um, creating a more fluid program that is, it's user-friendly, it's time-friendly. You jump in, you jump out. We're really orienting it around, first of all, community. And so having an opportunity, you can jump into a group of meaning junkies. That's right. Meaning junkies. You heard it here first, where we get together once or twice a month. We are still working that out. You can jump in. You can have a conversation with other meaning junkies around conversations about meaning, purpose, and resilience. But wait, there's more. Go ahead. There is more. I think I want to focus for a second on that idea of community, right? Because our original plan was to be very, I don't know, maybe a little too academic, too engaging. We had this curriculum and these learning experiences. And we wanted to walk through the journey of, of logotherapy and finding you know, your search for meaning. Um, and then we realized, wow, we are making our search for meaning, your search for meaning. It was like, no, 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 we need to do this differently. So the community is the big aspect. We recognize we all need it. We need more of it. Um, and, and it was ironic. We were commenting uh, when we met with our good friend, Dr. Elise, like how much fun we have when we get on our weekly meetings just to talk about work and business and, and <laughs> the webinars we hosted. Like this is what more people need is this opportunity to meet, not not some fancy curriculum. Now the curriculum will be there. You get to do it on your own. And then uh, the learning library will be there. All these great videos about logotherapy, existential analysis, the psychology of meaning, all the stuff. B and Elise and I know and can put on a YouTube video you will have to access. But the main part is going to be the community and the opportunity. Um, we want more people to jump in rather than to have it uh, um, about a few people and a, and a big price ticket, big cost. We want more people joining this community at a lower price point so you can hop in, as B said, hop in and hop out. You can join for a month, a subscription. You can hop in for six months, a year, however long you want to be there, be a part of that community. And those experiences is up to you. No more just a six month program, but it's however long you want to make it at a low monthly cost. We haven't figured out what that's going to be, but it is not the, the high price ticket we had uh, previously thought of. Yeah, no, I think that really nails it. We are building a community that is supported by content versus building content that's supported by communities. So well stated. There we go. That's a gift from us to you. So hop on over to themeaningacademy.com to find out more. I don't even think we've changed the page yet, but you can find out about myself, Elise, B, what we're up to, what we're doing, join our different podcasts uh, and different offerings, but also to see what we are creating at the Victor Frankel Meaning Academy, starting with the new you. No, not the new you, the same you doing different things next year. So we'll be kicking that off in 2024. So the only last thing I want to add to you and to our audience, my brother, Dan, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, brother. And certainly a joyous and happy Hanukkah to you, my friend. All right. Take care.
Take care, y'all. Oh, wait, you didn't do the sign off. Okay. And please live your life with meaning, purpose, and resilience. I feel like we should have one of those old TV cut to the, you know, the, the American flag and <laughs> the national anthem and then the, the different colored stripes. There we go. I'll put that in on the end. God bless America. Bye bye. Take care. Thank you for listening to the Defiant Spirit Podcast with me, your host, Dr. Baruch Halevi. If you like what you heard, please consider leaving a five-star review and share this podcast with others. To learn more about the Defiant Spirit, get more inspirational content, or see how we might work together to live your Defiant Spirit, visit defiantspirit.org. Until then, take back your power and live your Defiant Spirit.